Hello and welcome. I'm Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Today should be of interest to everyone, I think, because everyone loves babies, especially healthy babies. And we are talking with some folks from the March of Dimes and their effort to reduce infant mortality. Their March for Babies comes around in the spring every year. The March of Dimes has been big on this since they eradicated polio, so now they're going to eradicate uh, premature uh birth and infant mortality. We're talking this morning with Stephen Berry and Casey Rivas of the March of Dimes. Thank you guys for coming in today. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good morning. Thanks, Gary. Uh, Stephen, you've been a a volunteer for the March of Dimes, right? You usually spend your time uh, at GE Power Grid Solutions, right? I do. That's your day job, I guess, right? That's that's my day job, for sure. But you volunteer for the March of Dimes. You're on their executive leadership team, right, in Greater Puget Sound? I am. And Casey, Director of Maternal Child Health and Government Affairs for the March of Dimes here in Greater Seattle, right? Yes, actually for the entire state. Oh, for the state. So uh, is the March of Dimes, so let me start there. March of Dimes is a national, international organization? March of Dimes is a national nonprofit organization, and we have um, state markets. So Washington is our market. Okay, cool. Um We've got a couple of different perspectives them to talk about today. You've been around a long time. Like I, I mentioned polio. You guys eradicated polio in the 30s is when FDR sort of said, hey, let's do this one dime at a time, right? That's the name. I don't know if people stop and think about the history of that, right? Who's got that for us, the history of the March of Dimes? Yeah, it did, it did start with um, let's give a dime. And I think there was a comedian, and I can't think of his name right now, who— Jesse Cantor, I believe. Yeah, yes, uh, Cantor, who came and on the on the radio or TV and said, everyone give a dime. And I think people started sending dimes to FDR, and it turned into a walk, and there we are. <laughs> and, and so then by the 50s— was it I'm gonna say, Jonas Salk, right? Yep. Was that the doctor who finally figured out? And it took all that research and money and dimes, one dime at a time. Every little person decided, hey, I can give a dime because everybody knew polio. I was just speaking to my mother who's uh, approaching 90, and she said they used to walk on the other side of the block if they knew there was a house where somebody had polio. I mean, it was a real – people don't know about polio now because we're a generation away from it, and it's been gone thanks to the March of Dimes. So now the focus is babies, right? Healthy babies. You, you got it. So uh, the, the way, you know, the March of Dimes changed its mission I think is one of the testaments to the, the leadership of the organization and the, the community involvement, not only here in Washington, but I would say nationally. So the mission really changed from eradicating polio to ensuring the health of all moms and babies. And babies born, I mean, there's, I don't know, is it millions of babies born every year in Nearly the country? Nearly 4 million. 4 million babies. And so premature is, I mean, there's just a lot of complications when a baby isn't full term or completely mature in the womb. Is that definition been changed over the years? What we used to say, 40 weeks, is that still the, the standard? 40 weeks is still the standard. Um, preterm is anything before 37 weeks. And then there's different, there's late preterm, there's early preterm and very early preterm. Yeah. Um, we have babies that are now surviving that are born at 22 and 23 weeks, which is amazing. And a lot of that does have to do with some of the research that we have done. So it's, yeah, it's amazing what we're able to do with science and research to help babies. Um, and Stephen, unfortunately, so I'm going to ask you to 
talk personally for a minute. You you had to find out about the March of Dimes uh, and, and their work with uh, premature and preterm births personally, right? Would you mind sharing your story for our listeners? I'd, I'd love to share it. So uh, my, uh, my wife and I are parents of uh, two healthy children today. Uh, we have one 14-year-old son uh, who is... Uh, was a normal pregnancy uh, for us, and uh, he was full term. Um, we had uh, a twin uh, loss. Uh, my wife and I did uh, at roughly 20 weeks. Um, that was our first experience with uh, preterm birth and uh, infant mortality. Uh, after that, uh, my wife was pregnant again, um, this time with one child, and she went into labor at 28 weeks uh, preterm. Uh, our daughter Mallory was in intensive care for a period of 60 days, and she came home with uh, loads of equipment and medicine and lots of follow-up doctor visits uh, as a result of that. But today, she's a healthy, thriving five-year-old bundle of joy. And uh, one of the reasons I am particularly engaged with the March of Dimes is I, you know, I was personally affected, and I know that the work that the organization does will benefit future babies and mothers, uh, should they encounter preterm birth. So that's why I support the mission. And, uh, you know, our, our story has both a, a story of grief as, as well as a story of happiness and joy. And so, uh, the reason why we are involved in the March of Dimes is it enables us to, uh, carry on the mission and also maybe pay it forward a little bit. Should, uh, should people find themselves in our position, we would be able to, to offer stories, you know, to, to brighten their day and uh, give them stories of encouragement for the future. Uh, thanks for sharing that because it is a personal story that we're talking about. Everyone's baby to them is so personal. It's the most beloved thing you have when you hold a newborn baby. Um, and so your, your first son, born normally, like you said, did you know anything or think much about preterm, uh, you know, <laughs> At that time, I mean, maybe you went through the baby classes, as I guess what I'm thinking, but was it just in the back of your mind? Well, I guess that happens sometimes. I don't know anything about the March of Dimes or what they do or what their programs are. I mean, how, when you then you had to face it, was it like totally new or you, oh, that's right. I didn't know enough about. I, you know, I suppose I speak from my own, our own perspective, which is I took it for granted to some extent. Yeah. Uh, with our first son, he went a, a full term, uh, was born you know, at eight pounds, um, and we had not experienced it until uh, the loss of twins. And, um, you know, I got more and more involved over time, especially with the second daughter being born preterm. I, I came to learn of the resources that are available through intensive care units and the community programs that March of Dimes supports along with the research. Uh, when our daughter was born, you know, a tangible example, uh, when our daughter was born, um, we have what's called an APGAR score in the medical community and uh, you're rated on five different characteristics of your vitality at birth, and the score ranges from zero to 10. Our daughter was born with an APGAR score of zero. She wasn't, very, she wasn't doing very well. Uh, but because of you know, surfactant treatment that was invented in part by the March of Dimes uh, and other research that's gone into uh, premature birth, you know, her, her APGAR score rebounded, and it rebounded quickly. She was only on uh, oxygen for the first day of her life. She started breathing normal room air and the rest of her stay in intensive care was really just developmental uh, for her to be able to eat and breathe on her own. Um, and so as Casey, you know, kind of alluded to before, 
you know, the vitality has really gone to something on the order of 22 weeks today, which is really just phenomenal. That's almost half of a normal birth term. Wow, that is amazing when you think of it that way, almost half. Uh, Casey, what, so he talked about a few programs and resources or that the March of Dimes supplies. Well, what are those? And when people are, I don't know, rushed to the hospital, I suppose, that's not the time to hand them a brochure, right? I mean, no. but but people in hospitals, maternity wards, they know how to take care and say, here's what you need to know, I mean, the next day or the day before or when it's, I don't know. So locally um, at Swedish Hospital in First Hill, we actually have a NICU support program that supports... You, you just use an acronym. I'm going to make it back up for the folks. <laughs> Neonatal <laughs> Intensive Care Unit yeah. um, support um, programs. So we actually have a March of Dimes employee who is at Swedish, and we have a program that supports the parents and families that have babies in the NICU, whether it's providing some guidance around what's going on with their baby or providing dinner. Um, we do a Thanksgiving dinner for them because a lot of the families there actually have to travel from far away um, in the state. So that's one example. Um, also, we have a um, NICU, pro- NICU support program in Tacoma. Um, but that's kind of like after the baby's born. We do a lot of programs um, to support healthy moms before the babies are even born. And that's where our focus really is around because we want to prevent those um, poor birth outcomes. We want to have healthy babies. We want moms to be healthy through their pregnancy. So um, statewide, one of the main things that we support is group prenatal care. So it's care given in a group setting by the provider. And we've seen um, preterm birth rates drop by up to 33% for women who go through um, group prenatal care. It helps give that social support that they maybe aren't getting, you know, when you're pregnant. I know for myself, I was very isolated because it's not like all my friends were pregnant. Okay. (laughs) So you kind of fall into this. um, You get a little bit lonely when you're pregnant unless you have like one of those really close friends who's pregnant also. So So the group support program, what you call it again? It's it's group prenatal care. So it's actually, you're actually getting your prenatal care like you normally would, but it's in a group. So it's not just you going to your doctor every six weeks and then they send you home. You meet several people. You're in a group doing it all together and you, I guess, bond. Like you said, (laughs) a support network is sort of blossomed for you. Yep. That and then also it kind of, I don't know about you, but when I go to the doctor, I sit there and listen to the doctor and I kind of turn into this a little bit of a, I guess, turtle in a shell. Like, okay, you tell me what I need to do. This dynamic flips from that power dynamic being the provider to the patient to those eight to 10 women that are in the room kind of having that power over the discussion. They're kind of leading the discussion and the provider is there to make sure they're not sharing incorrect information, but also kind of guide um, the talk to make sure they're kind of covering the areas they need to cover. Yeah, you're right. So a dynamic of a conversation does change as a group when it's just one-on-one, especially with the authority figure of a doctor does yeah. all the talking and you, like you said, you nod and go, okay, uh-huh. And then you leave and you go, my, I wonder what he meant by that. Yeah. Or I should have said this. Or but I with have a 10 group, questions I didn't yeah. ask. <laughs> but with a group, people look at each other and you can kind of read eyes and see nodding heads or shaking heads and go, wait a minute, what? And someone else says, yeah, wait a minute, what? And then you get a deeper, fuller answer. Is yeah. that sort of what a group does? Exactly. And we've had some really amazing stories come out where, 
you know, maybe a woman was smoking, but she was scared to, to share that with her provider, but she shared it with the group and asked for guidance on how can I quit smoking? Or, um, you know, maybe they might be going through something like partner violence and they aren't going to talk to their provider about that. But once you put them in a group of other women that maybe have gone through similar situations, they're able to talk about it and ask for guidance. And um, I mean, there's other amazing scenarios, but um, we're really excited because we're starting to now integrate this group prenatal care with other programs like substance use treatment. So for example, Swedish um, Treatment Recovery Center in Ballard is piloting a program where they're integrating group prenatal care with substance use treatment for moms who are pregnant and they're going through recovery but they're they need you know they need that prenatal care also so they're integrating that group prenatal care and um, we are really excited we were able to fund that pilot um, through funding from Amerigroup this year. Wow! So that sounds like a really impressive idea. And you mentioned smoking and now substance abuse. I mean, there are categories and enough research has been done that said, look, stop this activity to help the health of your baby or improve in this activity to help your health of the baby, right? I mean, these kind of things have been researched and figured out. Data has been taken, right, over years and years now. Uh, Resources online at themarchofdimes.org? Yes, we do. You can go online and we actually have where you can ask questions or you can look for um, information on what you should be doing for a healthy pregnancy um, all the way up to like what you should be eating and all of that is online ready for women to research if they want to just jump online and look. Yeah, marchofdimes.org, just yep. like it sounds, right? Yep. Marchofdimes.org, a, a nonprofit. We're, we're talking this morning with Casey Rivas and Stephen Berry about the March of Dimes and its uh, goal to reduce uh, preterm pregnancies and births. Um, how is it going? Is there a report card? I mean, what do we do this time of year? We're talking about, uh, what is it? November 17th, World Prematurity Day, right, Casey? Yes. So we're raising awareness, talking about this this time of year. How about the report card? Well, how are things looking? What do we do? We analyze our data, not just uh, <laughs> how, how, what it takes to get a premature baby, you know, to full term, but how is the organization doing? How are we doing worldwide? So every November 1st, the March Times does uh, release a report card. So it's a national report card, and then each state also gets our own report card of how we are doing. And it's all based on a goal of 8.1% preterm birth rate, which is considered an A. Um, Nationally, for the third year in a row, we actually saw an increase in preterm birth. And our national grade is a C. Uh We're at 9.9% preterm birth. Um, Here in Washington State... So the people who are familiar are probably going to be surprised by this, but for the last three years, we've been in A. We've been sitting right at 8.1%. And for the first time in four years, we saw an increase in preterm birth rate, and we moved from an A to a B. So we really are starting to look at um, what's actually going on here and where there's gaps that we can fill. One of the things that we see in Washington is that we have really, really large um, disparities between races. So our American Indian Alaska Native population has a 63% higher preterm birth rate compared to all other women. Oh my gosh. So really trying to work with um, Native communities and tribes. And we're really excited because this year we were able to hold our first Tri-State Health Summit for, um, it was actually called Stronger 
together and it was held in Oregon and it was for Washington, Idaho and Oregon. And it was to bring together native communities to start talking about where are we seeing gaps and what can we do to, you know, what programs can we help with to fill some of those gaps? So you might meet with leaders of a, a various number of tribes yep. and, and say, here's what's working. Take this back out and, and try these things or teach people this and et cetera. Um, we actually try and learn from them. So there are some tribes that are doing some really amazing work. And so we invited them to share their stories. Oh, excellent. And Sounds better than, yeah. <laughs> than just talking <laughs> down to people. Yeah. So um, we really are there as a support. And if they need help with logistics or um, whether it's a grant funding um, for a program, that's what we're there for. Um, holding that tri-state health summit was really a way to bring together leaders and some of these amazing programs to start talking about um, what, what they want to do and then seeing how we can support that. Um, we have 29 tribes in Washington and plus two urban health centers, and one in Spokane and one in Seattle. And most of them don't provide prenatal care. Mm. So really trying to figure out how we can bring prenatal care to them instead of asking them to leave their reservation to go out to a clinic that could be really far away. Well, that's a real shame. Though. There's a prenatal care desert, if you will, in different parts of the state or in different communities of the state. At least that's been figured out. Now they have to get to work on that. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's sad. One of the really great programs we have going is in Yakima on the Yakima Reservation. And it's our largest reservation. It's huge acreage-wise. Yeah. And prior to, they started a group prenatal care program actually on the reservation where we have providers traveling to the reservation to co-facilitate with doulas who live on the tribe. And before that, the women were having to travel off the reservation into whether it was Yakima or Topnish. And the average distance they were having to go was at least 20 to 30 miles. And that was average. I mean, some women, it was hours. So just to get prenatal care. Hmm. And gosh, I just forgot what you talked about. So many important <laughs> things I wanted to ask about one of them. Maybe it'll pop into my head later. Uh, Stephen, so you've, you've seen this up close and personal and you've heard Casey talking. You're interested. You do a lot of volunteering for the March of Dimes. Talk about that and how, you know, you raise money for them and maybe, I don't know if you know enough about where the money goes and stuff, but maybe some of the favorite things you've seen advanced on that. Why it's important to raise money and how people can help out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe just to expand a little bit on what Casey was saying, I, th I think many of us probably take for granted that when you live in a rural area, you have access to care like we do in Seattle Metro. Um, you don't typically have a gynecologist. You don't typically have a pediatrician. You don't typically have a specialist like a perinatologist. And so I think it's important that uh, you take those resources to these groups that may be more isolated if you want to improve the outcomes. Um, and when it comes to, you know, the, the work uh, of the March of Dimes, uh, it can't be done without generous donations and without people uh, who give their time and give their money uh, and give their talents to support the organization. For all of the, uh, the fundraising that's done, 76% uh, of it is used for uh, research and donations. So if you go and research nonprofit organizations, uh, they reveal how much is used for administration right. versus their main cause. And the March of Dimes is one of the, the highest uh, utilization rates. Um, and so 
the money is going to a good cause and it's uh, being used effectively. Uh, the way that I've been involved uh, in the march is in a number of ways. I have volunteered my time uh, for the walk. Uh, I've gotten other uh, large organizations uh, besides GE uh, in the Seattle Metro involved in the campaigns that we have. Uh, and that results in you know, three main uh, activities that we do each year um, that really drive awareness and drive fundraising. One is the, the March for Babies that we do each spring. Uh, we'll, we will have three of those uh, coming up in April and May of 2019. Uh, one this week is the uh, Celebrity uh, Chef Auction event that we do. and enables people that maybe aren't interested in the walk itself to try um, preparations from different chefs around the area, participate in an auction um, for different prizes. And then we have a Nurse of the Year Award that really strives to recognize uh, an outstanding member of the healthcare, uh, the healthcare uh, facilitators in Seattle. And um, that goes to one deserving nurse each, each year, but it's uh, also an opportunity for us to drive awareness and fundraising through that activity. Beyond those three major uh, events, people can get involved throughout the year and other activities that Casey talked about. Uh, we have people that volunteer at neonatal intensive care units year-round. Uh, they're there to provide care and comfort. We have people that go out like myself that are ambassadors for the organization that drive activities outside of those three main events. And so it really is a year-round process, but the message I would leave with the community is none of this work is possible without the generosity. Yeah, it does. T I mean, something this big, and you talked about, unfortunately, the rate, Casey, going up a little here in the last few years. More work needs to be done. And at that Signature Chefs auction you guys just had last week, Stephen was honored, wasn't he, for, for so much of his time uh, and efforts. But he mentioned the Nurses of the Year. There's a lot of nurses that give their heart uh, to this, too. You want to talk about that? Yeah, our Nurse of the Year event happens every every November right around Prematurity Awareness Day or World Prematurity Awareness Day this year um, on the 16th. And we bring nurses from all over the state in. And um, there is one nurse that gets the Nurse of the Year, but we do um, honor nurses in 13 categories who receive awards. Um, it's not just, you know, nurses that work in a NICU um, ward or nurses that work with babies. It's nurses that work with everyone. Um, because without nurses, we would all be <laughs> in really poor shape. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're really the ones that um, help us and help families when they're in um, the hospital with their babies. So it's my favorite event of the year. It's amazing to see. Washington has one of the largest um, Nurse of the Year award um, galas, I guess, um, of the whole nation. Yeah. And beyond those wonderful positives you hit, it, it also raises money too. So, yeah. Yes. It's definitely, it's yeah. one of our, um, it's, I think our biggest fundraiser last year, it was our biggest fundraiser. So, um, because we have, you know, hospitals that support their nurses and things. And the March for babies that comes in the spring, you do that in like, Puget Sound has a like a Everett, Seattle, and Tacoma one sort of north, central, and south Sound areas. Yes, and those are those are like people get a team right together and and they go out and get their own solicitation. You got to support me because I'm marching for babies, and I mean that appeal in itself should be enough, right? Marching for babies, yeah, okay. <laughs> but then a lot of these people have their own stories. Like you, you probably have your own team, right, Stephen? I mean, we we do. Yeah. Uh, to, to just to expand on your first question, there there are three marches that we do. 
around Puget Sound. Oh, are the dates set for the, next the dates spring are set. Of 2019? Have, Go ahead. We have one for Snohomish County. Um, that walk is in Everett. It will be the 20th of April. Uh, there's one South Sound in Tacoma. Um, that's May 11th. And then uh, our greater Puget Sound in uh, Seattle Center will be on May the 4th. We, we have uh, multiple walks. There are ways for people to get engaged. Um, we have a lot of fun with it in, in my team and through my organization. We, uh, we build teams, and then we let the teams compete against one another to see who can generate you know, the most... A uh, little the friendly most, rivalry. A little friendly competition. Uh, who can generate the, the biggest turnout in terms of physical walkers? Who can drive the most fundraising? And um, it, it becomes a lot of fun. And not only do we do that internally, but it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of recognition when you when you go for the walk on the morning. Um, you look at the teams and the individuals that raise the most money across each of those walks over the past 12 months. And it's an opportunity to get people engaged and also thank them. Um, so it, it's a it's a blast. You can form teams from all walks of life, whether it be through your uh, your work organization, your uh, community organization, religious organization, uh, ball clubs, sports teams, what have you. Uh, a lot of people will form teams and come together, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you, we mentioned the top year, the software guy, GE Power Solutions, right? Um, Power Grid Solutions? You got I mean, it. So uh, companies, I mean, do people even stop and think, hey, my company has like a match program for charities, right? I mean, you got to stop and even ask that at your work, get your or get your work to say, hey, we should all get in on this as a as a company. Absolutely. And, and the rules vary, you know, from organization to organization, but many companies do offer a match, uh, whether it be a dollar for dollar or 50 cents on the dollar uh, match. And so um, should you contribute your funds, um, I would say check with your employer and uh, look at their matching program and you'll, you'll learn that your dollar often goes a lot further than you expected. We are talking with Casey Rivas and Stephen Berry about the March of Dimes this year. Uh, we're going to run out of time in just a couple of minutes. Uh, did we leave any big thing out about the March of Dimes or, or healthy babies? I guess we, we could talk all day about <laughs> health of a mother and what it takes to good nutrition. A lot of resources online, right? March of, Marchofdimes.org and the, the March for Babies has its own website when spring comes around. Actually, it's probably up now. You can register or find, right? March4babies.org has its own website. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would, my leaving thing would be that you can, with the March for Babies, you can also participate as an individual. So you don't have to have a team. Good point. Um, yeah, I always, so I always sign up it within the March of Dimes. We have a team, but I also sign up as an individual. And um, it's fun to kind of compare myself to the other individuals because there are awards. We give awards at each walk for individual, team, and then also corporate team. Oh, nice. In, in fact, you don't have to walk. You can be a virtual walker. A yes. virtual yes, walker. Yes, you can even can. be a virtual walker. Oh, I like that, too. Uh, and so World Prematurity Day uh, is it November 16th or 17th this year. It's, it's always November 17th, oh. but we are celebrating it on the 16th because the 17th is a Saturday, right? Okay, just because then. All right. I don't know. But anyway, this time of year, uh, stop and think. And if you're thinking of getting pregnant, if you are pregnant, there's a lot of things people need to know. As they're pregnant, newly pregnant, health of your mom. Uh, gosh, everybody wants to be a healthy mom and have a healthy baby. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming in and sharing uh, what the March of Dimes is doing to promote healthy babies and healthy births. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gary. We have been talking today with Casey Rivas and Stephen Berry about healthy babies on the March of Dimes. I'll say it one more time, marchofdimes.org for all kinds of resources and information. Thank you guys for being here. And a bigger thanks to what the March of Dimes has done for healthy babies. 
I am Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.